Trust the process. You have to trust the process. Each week, I give you guys formats that are supposed to work. I give you guys a process in which you can win big time money. And whether that's finding a shutdown cornerback who has advantageous measurables up against a number one wide receiver and playing the back two wide receivers behind him or the wide receiver in the tight end, kind of like how we hit on Amari Cooper back a few weeks ago, or running it back, right? And talking about players that can go off that aren't each team in a high-scoring game. Adding in a few little spices here and there can win you big-time, big-time money. I give you guys processes, you go with it. I give you guys stacks, go with it. And I'm not talking about the exact same players that I talk about. You guys can take shots on shots on shots with different opportunities and different players. But just follow the process that I give you, and you can win money. For example... We were talking early on fantasy football discussion about the difference between cash lineups and tournament lineups, right? We were talking about how you can end up winning cash money by playing Garner Minshew along with, of course, Leonard Fournette and some combination of Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, and D.D. Westbrook. You don't want to play all three, but you want to play a combination of two. Chances are Leonard Fournette's going to get the same amount of targets he's been getting, if not more, along with gaining some yards on the ground. Garner Minshew could go off in an easier game. And he will end up hitting two of his wide receivers. That's the likelihood of what's going to happen, right? He's going to spread the ball around a little bit, but primarily two of his wide receivers are going to see the targets. Right? That makes sense. And that's a cash game safe base. When you talk about tournaments this week, that's not safe. It's not safe. Because I talked about it in previous episodes, including in the preseason. And I've, I've done this research and I cannot find where the fuck I put this research. But the player that benefits the most outside of the direct replacement, if a player gets hurt, isn't the other wide receiver... It's not the tight end. It's actually the primary running back who should see some targets out of the backfield. And that's what this process is based off this week. This process this week, this system to winning some money, is based off of playing one primary receiver, one running back, and one quarterback all on the same team. You can run it back if you want to, but that's where the base starts. Because there's been so many, so many injuries to big-time wide receivers over the past week or two that the targets are obviously going to have to go somewhere. And my studies show that the targets actually go to the running back. They benefit the most out of any other player. That's why I like or I love Leonard Fournette this week. That's why I love him. I absolutely love him. In tournaments, in cash, he's safe for both. He has upside, and he has a huge floor. He is probably my favorite running back on the week, or at least my top three. When you look at some of the other positions, like with the Philadelphia Eagles, 
most people are going to gravitate towards Ertz. Right? That's where the chalk comes in. And Ertz could be safe in weekly plays, but, I mean, I'm sorry, in cash games. Ertz can be safe in cash games. But his ownership is going to be through the roof. You don't want to play Ertz this week in a tournament. You want Ertz to be owned by like 30% of the people, if not more. And you want him to bomb. You want him to dive bomb this week. And then Miles Sanders on the back end is a great, great fucking play. I'm not playing Carson Wentz, but if you want to do a stack of Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, and potentially Ward, which I don't love, or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, that's cool for cash. It also can be used in tournaments, but it's a very, very low percentage that that one goes off, which means that there's going to be very low ownership. So you could take a shot on that. It doesn't make any sense, but that's why it could work. Miles Sanders, this game, could have like six or seven targets. Maybe more. Don't forget the Redskins struggled tremendously up against pass-catching running backs. And Miles Sanders, who wasn't in the game a ton, Boston Scott took over. So Boston Scott's ownership is going to be up. Miles Sanders' ownership is going to be way down. But Miles, or I'm sorry, yeah, Miles Sanders was dealing with cramp issues. He was dealing with dehydration. He was not right last week. He couldn't stay in the game. He was pulling himself out. Miles Sanders for me is a great, great play. We look at some of the other lineups that are going to follow this base. And you want to stay as far away from chalk this week as possible because so many people, so many people are going to be playing people like Chris Godwin. Right? Alan Hearns' ownership should be through the roof for the price that he's at. Galladay? He might be the top-owned receiver on the week outside of Chris Godwin. I don't want to touch, don't want to touch, don't want to touch the chalk this week. Like the chalk is chalkier than ever. We saw that on Thursday night, how bad that chalk was. In one of my things where there was only 4,000 people that were in it, over 700 people, 700 people in that contest played the same lineup. That's insane. That's insane. You want to stay away from the chalk this week. So, for example, this one, nobody's going to be playing. And I absolutely love it. Because the Seattle Seahawks are up against Carolina, right? And you think that they're obviously going to run, right? Chris Carson is going to go off. And I'm okay with playing chalk running backs, by the way. I'm okay with playing chalk, but I'm not okay with playing chalk wide receivers. Because they have a higher potential to bust. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of playing chalk tight ends because they have a higher potential to bust. Chalk QBs, same thing. I want the least amount ownership in all three of those positions. Defense to an extent as well. But defense gets a little bit dicier. Running back, I don't care because they're consistent. So you obviously can play Dun, dun, dun. One of my favorite running backs on the week, Chris Carson. Christian McCaffrey, he's expensive, but I like running it back with that. Now, they're talking about Jadavion Clowney, who's not only hurt, but he ha- he's sick, 
right? He's super sick. He might not play this week. He's probably not going to play. They're preparing like they're not going to have him. Ziggy Ansah has a neck issue. He's been out with different issues for the past few weeks. He has a neck issue. This is completely new. He could be out. Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, has a hamstring issue. This is all going underneath the radar. Nobody's paying attention to this. Their defensive front seven are going to be extremely, extremely weakened this week. Michael Kendricks is going to be out too. And Seattle hasn't necessarily been good up against a running back lately, right? But on top of that, they've been getting pressure onto the quarterback. But do you remember the beginning of the season when they couldn't do that and how bad their defense was and how much Russell Wilson had to score? Listen, I don't love Kyle Allen, okay? I don't think he's a great player. But at the same time, you got an injured, your, your only good guy, the only guy that has done well for you this season in that secondary, Shaquille Griffin, is injured with a hamstring injury, and we know how that affects especially skill positions, even on the defense. DJ Moore, who's been a monster lately, let some people down last week, so his ownership's going to be a little bit off. But this week, on paper, it looks like you know, not, a, not a good matchup, pretty tough matchup for DJ Moore, who won't be able to get down the field because of the pressure, but no, they're going to be missing too many players. I could see DJ Moore roasting, roasting Shaquille Griffin, who, in my opinion, has been slightly overrated. I still think he's a great cornerback, but I think he's been slightly overrated, been given too much credit because he wasn't doing shit with that front seven. When, when that front seven wasn't healthy, he wasn't doing shit. He was getting burned from time to time. Now he has a hamstring injury. Woo! DJ Moore is sweet. He's like a s'more. Can I have another? S'more what? I want a s'more. God, yes. I love DJ Moore this week, but I love him with Christian McCaffrey. And let's hop back over to the Seattle Seahawks side, right? We talked about how Russell Wilson has been dominant up until his defense started playing better, right? Russell Wilson has sucked the past few weeks. He's had some good games, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't been a top, what, 12 quarterback, I think seven in the past eight weeks. It's something like that. He has not been good. His ownership is going to be off up against Carolina Panthers because you can run on the Carolina Panthers. But what if, what if Carolina makes this game competitive up against a bad Seattle defense if the Seattle defensive players miss out on this? Keep, keep that in mind, okay? You've got to track this lineup. Like, I'm not going to be playing this lineup until I see that Seattle Seahawks are going to be missing their, these defenders. All right, I'm going to track these injuries. But if they are and Carolina can make this game competitive, think about Russell Wilson as the quarterback, low ownership. Expensive, low ownership. Tyler Lockett, who's been cr oh, crushing people. Crushing people. God. Poor Tyler Lockett owners who trusted him in the playoffs. But still, he's 100% healthy now. He's over his illness. He's over the injuries, the shin issue that he had, that bone bruise, everything. That was back like five weeks ago, okay? He's better. He's better now. What if Russell Wilson has to pass to at least keep the Seahawks up by a touchdown? And he finds Tyler Lockett, who has low ownership. Russell Wilson, low ownership. You have DJ Moore to run it back, low ownership. Chris Carson catching passes. I don't care about the high ownership in this one because you have such low ownership surrounding him. It's a little bit pricey. It's a little bit expensive. 
but you can make it work because you have players like Patrick Laird who you can play. You have Watson, who is one of my favorite players in the entire week. You know that he outproduced Chris Godwin last week. After Mike Evans went out, he outproduced in fantasy points Chris Godwin. He got the touchdown. He had five receptions and a touchdown. You can run it back, or you can end up balancing out your lineups this week and play these expensive options with Justin Watson. Another one that I really like. Another stack that I could see happening is going to be Dak Prescott along with Michael Gallup or, and we're talking about tournaments, we're talking about tournaments by the way, it's going to be either Mike Gallup or Randall Cobb. I don't see both because I think that they're going to involve Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game this week. I project this as one of the most run plays for any game on the slate this week. But I think a lot of these plays are going to go to either Randall Cobb or Michael Gallup along with Ezekiel Elliott. You've got to face up against Patrick Ramsey with Amari Cooper. That's not going to be good news for Amari Cooper. Not going to be good news. So I love that Dak Prescott stack with Ezekiel Elliott, Randall Cobb, or Michael Gallup. Now you run it back with Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley is pissed off. He's had to deal with comments from McVay. He's had to deal with comments from his quarterback, Jared Goff, who called it Vintage Gurley. Vintage Gurley? You know how insulting that is for Gurley? You're pretty much saying Gurley is washed up. And Gurley was not happy about it. I mean, he cleared the air, but you know that Gurley is going to go out there and have something to prove. Over the past couple weeks, he has been more motivated than I have ever seen Gurley. He is breaking tackles. He's throwing out stiff arms. He looks good. And the Cowboys who struggle up against pass-catching running backs, if they get Gurley involved in the game like they have been, catching passes, God, Gurley could go off. He's my second favorite running back on the week. You can run it back along with that with Cooper Cup, who although he's seen a reduced snap share, he's still running more routes than Brandon Cooks, and Josh Reynolds. And this week, Byron Jones is probably going to line up against Robert Woods. Robert Woods' ownership is going to be through the roof this week. Cooper Cups is going to be shit. I could see Cooper Cup having a great game this week. You could also take a chance on Higby again. I know he's been hot. I know he's a hot thing out, but the Cowboys aren't very good up against the tight end. They struggle from time to time. And I think their linebackers are dealing with injuries. So Higby could still be an option. Either way, that's a great game to run it back with and also to stack the running back. The running back along with the quarterback and the wide receiver. I got two more for you guys, then I got to go. I got to be to work here in about an hour and 20 minutes, so I'm cutting it real close here. But I got two more for you. One of these is going to be the stack of Tannenhill, Henry, and of course, the man, the dude, A.J. Brown. And I think that's a little bit obvious. And I think the ownership's going to be a little bit high on that. But I still think it's playable. I'm not going to get too much into it. But it could be a shootout. It could absolutely 100% be a shootout up against Houston this week. You can run it back with Hopkins. And you can, either, you can even run it back with, with Will Fuller as well. You can also go on the other side of that with Hopkins. 
Watson and Fuller and then run it back with Brown or Derrick Henry. My only concern, though, is the fact that Derrick Henry is actually dealing with a serious injury, and you saw it last week. You saw it in the games last week where he pulled up tremendously, tremendously multiple times. He was pulling himself out of the game. That hamstring is sore, and you're taking a real big risk by playing Derrick Henry. Now, it could reward you, but he's very, very expensive. I don't really like him this week. However, that little Q next to his name is going to scare a lot of people off. I don't see him to be in the top 15 owned running backs. I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that people are going to be scared away. Very similar to Josh Jacobs, who also has a very awesome matchup. One other guy I want to bring up while I'm in this section is Nick Chubb, who has an awesome matchup, and he's a stack with that Cleveland Browns defense because Arizona struggled to run. But up against the pass, Cleveland has been excellent. Kyler Murray, ew, a little risky there. I could see the Cleveland Browns defense forcing a couple turnovers when they're down and they're losing and they have to catch up in this game. Yes, I'm saying that Cleveland might actually win. But my last one that I'm going to finish off with, it's going to be a little bit of a shocker. A little bit of a shocker. That's going to be Jameis Winston, Ronald Jones, and Chris, just kidding, Justin Watson. You want to be able to play some of these prime players this week? Like, you want to play Leonard Fournette with, I don't know, Hopkins, maybe? Maybe? And Todd Gurley? And another prime player? Then you have Jameis Winston along with Ronald Jones and Justin Watson. And you just hope to God that Godwin does not go off, that they double-team, triple-team Godwin on every play. That's going to leave Justin Watson, who is actually a pretty good athlete overall, in single coverage. Yeah. Yeah, I could see some big-time trouble. Along with the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can run this week. They can run. And maybe, maybe you want to pivot over to Peyton Barber. Right? They both got an equal amount of carries last week. However, Ronald Jones did see more targets. And he's seen multiple targets, I believe, four out of the past five weeks. You can throw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in that because if Detroit goes down, they're going to have to pass. They might force feed Galladay the ball a couple times. Maybe. Maybe Tampa Bay ends up with a couple pick sixes in this one. They might get scored on a little bit, but I don't really care. You're not going to be able to run. It's going to allow them to drop everybody into coverage. Oh, my God. Talk about a big-time play. That could be it. Meanwhile, you're so low invested on your, your base lineup that you can go after big-time players that might have lower ownership. Who's really talking about Nick Chubb this week? Have you heard anybody? Have you heard anybody talking about Todd Gurley up against an okay Dallas defense? Dallas has injured players like we talked about. You might even be able to fit, oh my God, Christian McCaffrey in this. Christian McCaffrey up against a bad Seattle defense that's hurt? Dude, lock it in. Lock it in, bro. Lock it in. Now, cash games-wise, you can play these higher-owned players such as Chris Godwin, such as Kenny Galladay, such as Zach Ertz. But in tournaments, you go the other way and you run. You run. Listen, guys, that's going to wrap up the episode. Once again, I did have to do a little bit shorter one, but... It should get back to normal here soon. Hopefully, maybe, possibly. I don't know. We're getting closer to Christmas, so we got to see. But either way, if you guys want to follow us on Patreon and make some money, right? We're on patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. 
patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. Make some money with us, man. Follow my lineups. On Thursday and Monday, you're guaranteed to have three of my lineups posted at patreon.com. Three of my lineups. I've got a safe one. I've got a guaranteed safety cash game lineup for you that won last week. It won in every single one of my cash games. Won in every single one. Then I have my upside, my boomer bust lineup, and then I have my contrarian lineup. It's where maybe I don't think something's going to happen, but I still got to play a player just in case. Maybe it's a low ownership situation. Either way, it's my contrarian lineup. Every single Monday night and Thursday night for the individual DFS games. And I'm actually going to throw in one of my favorite lineups onto the Patreon page today or tomorrow morning for that next, or for tomorrow's games. Excuse me. Whoa. Trying to think of too much stuff at one time, man. Like, I can't wait to name this show title DJ S'more. That's going to be his nickname for me now. It's DJ S'more. Is that too, is that too easy? Was that too much of a low-hanging fruit? No. no I'm, he's DJ S'more from now on. S'more? S'mores? If you don't know what a s'more is, you got to watch Sandlot. Anyways, guys. If you guys want to listen to us on any other platform, we're available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. Yeah, get excited. We're on Facebook.com slash Fantasy Intervention. And thank you, Fantasy Football Discussion, for keeping those episodes or these questions coming. I'm going to try to do a live episode tomorrow, but the live episodes, man, those things are frustrating. Those things are frustrating because then I forget to set my lineups or do something stupid or forget to play a lineup in DFS that I really wanted to play. Something happens. But I'm going to try to do it for you guys anyways because this is about you guys. It's not about me. It's about you guys. Listen, thank you guys for listening. And thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. Subscribe to Patreon!